Welcome back to episode three of this podcast, Mquan Talks, where we explore the intersection between technology, online culture, and life in the modern age. I'm your host, Mquan. Peace and blessings to you all out there. Thank you very much for joining me for the third episode of my newly launched podcast. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts. And if you are, wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you might be listening, I'd love for you to leave a comment, a submission, rate this. If you enjoy it, please do rate it five stars. If you hate it, rate it one star, but do rate it. That would help me to better understand uh, how these podcasts are going down. If you want to reach out to me, you can do that over on Twitter or Instagram at mquan. Now, I hope that you probably have heard the previous two episodes of the podcast. And if you have, you'll be familiar with the fact that I usually have a jingle that goes at the beginning of the podcast. I've decided for obvious reasons not to include that. I just felt it would be inappropriate for this particular subject matter that we're talking about. And also because it's so close to uh, the point at which uh, this podcast has been recorded in respect to the uh, the event that we will be talking about. I am indeed talking about the the callous, the tragic terrorist uh, event that took place uh, in New Zealand on Friday. Um, I'm recording this on Monday the 18th of March 2019. And on Friday we had um, really just uh, an incredible, incredible um, event that took place in New Zealand. Um, a gunman walked into two separate mosques and shot worshippers who were there for the Friday prayers. Uh, at this point, we know that there are 51 confirmed uh, fatalities and around about 50 uh, seriously injured individuals. And I think you guys will join me in both condemning this act of terrorism. Um, I was actually even... It was interesting because I was trying to decide what to term this form of terrorism. Uh, is it far-right terrorism? Is it um, white supremacist terrorism? Uh, there's no kind of official terminology that can be used in the way that, you know, other forms of terrorism are very easily sort of uh, referred to, particularly when they come from particular ethnic backgrounds or particular religious backgrounds. Um, some people are still tiptoeing around use of the word T for terrorism or terrorist um, but I'm going to call it out for what it is and that is an act of terrorism so I hope you guys will join me in condemning this act of far-right terrorism which is what I'm going to refer to it in this podcast going forward and also extend um, uh, our condolences to the families of those uh, that have been affected to the communities that have been affected and to the whole of New Zealand uh, which has had to endure this ter terrorist act um, I don't want to get into the politics in this particular uh, podcast because I feel the politics will open up a completely different can of worms. What I want to do is I want to isolate this and talk specifically around the technology, the social media element of this. Because, again, with a recent event that has taken place, technology, social media has come to the forefront as being a tool that is being demonized, criticized for its role in this act. There is, uh, there are a couple of things that make this particular act of terrorism and the way that it used technology quite different from previous acts that have uh, taken place. Um, but 
this is what I want to try and focus on in this particular video. Uh, sorry, this podcast. I'm going into my YouTube format there. Uh, why did tech, and when I talk about tech here, I'm really referring to the likes of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, fail to stop the New Zealand attack from essentially going viral? I think that's what we need to ask ourselves. And there are some very serious questions that need to be raised because time and time again, particularly in the last six months or so, the platform that keeps coming up for one reason or another uh, is Facebook. Um, Facebook seems to be the bad kid on the block, if you want to call it that. Um, Facebook has a very, very tough situation because this particular terrorist decided to live stream um, the acts on Facebook. Um, he decided to live stream the act. He decided to share it. It's a full 17 minutes worth of video. I would highly discourage any of you to try and download or try and hunt for this video. It's incredibly grim uh, viewing and also in some parts of the world now it's been made uh, a criminal offense to actually either view it or to have it saved on your devices. But it was live streamed over on Facebook and it was live streamed for a full 17 minutes. And uh, Facebook has come under incredible fire for how a video that was being live streamed of this kind of magnitude, of this kind of uh, content was allowed to be streamed for as long as that. Um, we know, and there's been a very interesting article, if you want to understand what happens behind the scenes at Facebook. I mean, Facebook is, an in it's just a mammoth of a social media platform. And recently they've uh, got a new system in place where they essentially have moderators. And um, if you want to read up more about how Facebook does this, a very interesting article by Motherboard um, that actually go into detail about how the content moderators uh, review posts, videos, including live videos um, that have been flagged up by users. And um, they have some internal documents that they shared and they talk about how videos are flagged and when they are flagged, moderators have a couple of choices. They can either ignore it, they can delete it, they can uh, check back in on it after a certain number of time, I think it was five minutes or 10 minutes, or they could escalate it to a, a separate review team that would then uh, make a decision. Um, and you know, the document is interesting because they talk about certain signs, for example, crying, pleading, uh, begging, uh, any sort of display of sound of guns or other weapons like knives or swords in any context whatsoever. Um, but for some reason, it took Facebook an incredibly long time to intervene here. Now, Facebook have commented recently, um, a number of websites have quoted this, that they, they claim that 1.5 million uh, attempts of uploads were prevented from Facebook uh, itself. And they spoke about 1.2 million of those being blocked at the point of upload. So essentially, the original video would have been hashed. Um, and what that essentially means is the video would have had certain markers, be it with AI or with other forms of sort of um, identifying videos. Um, and then if somebody else tries to upload uh, a copy of the video, essentially, that would then be prevented from being uploaded before it goes live. 
Now that's a, that's just an uh, you know it's an insane amount of uploads. One point five million, um, <laughs> but it's incredibly difficult. I mean, currently Facebook uses a range of different tools. Um, Facebook is using a tool that's been developed by Microsoft uh, called Photo DNA. Uh, Google has its own version. Uh, it's an uh, open source version that they use, which works in the same way. And these uh, softwares, these AI sort of driven um, systems are essentially used to track images, videos that would be deemed as inappropriate on these platforms. The question now is, is that with these setups, with the moderators team uh, that Facebook has, why did it take so long for the video to be stopped? And what can Facebook do in the future? Well, coming to the point of why it took so long, um, we really don't know if 17 minutes is considered a short time or a long time. Um, there's nothing that we uh, that I found certainly in my time doing research um, online that comes from Facebook or Facebook's official documents or manuals that are given to their moderators as to um, what constitutes the timeline or the time scale. Is it five minutes? Is it 10 minutes? Is it 20 minutes? Is it half an hour? Uh, we simply don't know that. So that might be something that uh, Facebook look at because if it is longer than 17 minutes which it clearly seems to be with what uh, uh, the time of the video that was put out then that needs reviewing that needs to be addressed and looked at the other important point here is is that what are the incentives for platforms like Facebook now to make sure that something like this doesn't happen again well I think the media attention uh, that has been raised following this attack would have put some pressure on Facebook. But currently, as it stands at the moment, none of these platforms, be they Facebook, be they Twitter or YouTube, um, can be fined from my understanding. And again, if I'm, you know, again, this is based on research that I've done. But if you know otherwise, then please do reach out to me and I'll be sure to either make an updated version of this podcast or at least share it over on my socials. But currently in my time doing research, I've been unable to find any particular documents or any particular uh, key solid information that point to the fact that these platforms are held accountable for the content uh, that is displayed. Uh, we do understand that in Europe, I think the European Union, we're looking at bringing some legislation to fine um, particularly Facebook for uh, content that they deemed as offensive uh, being up there for longer than an hour uh, there was going to be a set sort of fine for every hour that it was uh, online and but currently at the moment as it stands there is no direct incentive let's face it for uh, a network of this scale or size be it Facebook be it YouTube one, it is an incredibly challenging task um, to do, to monitor everything that's going on on that platform now that it's being used by scores of millions of people at any given point in time is incredibly difficult. But um, it's even more difficult in some ways when there aren't any clear sticks uh, that will come down heavy on these platforms. So 
Is this now the time for organizations like the European Union, uh, governments like the New Zealand government or the United States or various other governments to have some kind of uh, stick approach to these platforms and content that they deem as being offensive. It also opens up the next question, which is that what will be deemed as offensive? Um, because what might be deemed offensive here in this part of the world might not necessarily be the case in another place. And this is, again, one of the criticisms that was leveled at, for example, YouTube when they removed certain videos that were posted up from the Syrian war uh, that showed atrocities. Those videos uh, could have been used in a court of law. They could have been used uh, for investigators or investigations that were taking place uh, on certain key people, uh, either related to the regime or rebels or anybody else. They were removed from YouTube because they infringed uh, their clauses when it came to violence and so on and so forth. So there's this fine line between uh, what you ban and what you don't ban, particularly on social media platforms. I think, again, coming back to that question, why tech failed uh, to stop the New Zealand attack from going viral. Uh, for me, being somebody that is a practitioner on social media, being someone that is constantly engaged on a daily basis on social media, I think one of the biggest elements that I've noticed on the platform is it's slow to react. It's incredibly slow to react, particularly in a live stream situation. It's very difficult with the amount of just sheer content that's going up on these platforms for the likes of Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, any other sort of platform to, in a real-time situation, intervene and essentially pull the plug. There have been some suggestions made, things like uh, a delayed live broadcast, for example, um, so that it's delayed by a couple of minutes, five minutes or so, uh, and that would then give moderators or the AI system enough of a chance to be able to either flag or be aware of exactly what is going on in that live stream video. Um, but there's no getting away from the fact that as somebody that uses social media, I think you guys will agree with me as well, there is a delay in response. You know, you can see something, you can flag it up, it might take a couple of hours before some type of action is done and you get an email uh, informing you of what that said action is. The other issue I think with um, moving forward post an event like this and, and the use of live streaming for an act like this is that these platforms will not uh, really kick into gear and hire more moderators or work at uh, enhancing as a matter of urgency the AI that they're using until um, there is a stick approach until platforms are held accountable in some shape, way or form legally. So either through fines, either through uh, some other form of deterrent, um, th that simply just isn't going to happen quick enough. And those two elements might be needed to prevent something like this from going viral in the future. Um, it's, it's, re it's just remarkable, again, how things like Facebook, things like YouTube, things like Twitter have been, again, painted with the same brush. I mean, social media, I think, is an incredibly, incredibly amazing resource. It's a resource that we use day in, day out. And there are many, many opportunities where all of us will agree we have benefited considerably from social media. But there are 
these occasions when things like this happen, when platforms do fail to uh, react and be held responsible or accountable that then tarnishes these uh, platforms with the negativity. And I think that's something that for the sake of uh, social media users and also social media platforms needs to needs work done on to essentially uh, get sorted. I'd love to know your thoughts. Um, I'm, you know, this event uh, really has sort of uh, shocked me on more than one sort of footing. Um, it's been incredibly difficult to to come to terms with what has happened because really these sort of events could have happened anywhere. Uh, New Zealand, the UK, which is where my family is based, um, anywhere for that matter, could have been affected. And the fact that it's been proliferated using a, a platform that I'm quite sort of uh, passionate about, social media, I think social media has got incredible uh, benefits both to society and uh, to how we work and operate it leaves me in a very difficult situation because what I'm passionate about I also understand is a real form uh, of of uh, it's like a double-edged sword it could work either one of two ways but I'd love to know your thoughts so do reach out to me over on one of the social media platforms either on Twitter or Instagram you can find me at mquan and I'd love to uh, discuss this further with you. Um, thank you very much for listening up until this point. Uh, I hope you can join me again for episode four here on Mquan Talks. Until next time, you've been listening to me, Mquan. Peace and blessings. <laughs>